0: Welcome to It Is Complicated, where we answer every single question with It Is Complicated, including the title of this podcast, which is It Is Complicated. Hello, Dr. J.
1: Hello. How are you? Pretending, as as always, that we haven't spoken for about an hour and a half already.
0: Yeah, you know, I should come up with fabulous answers for how I am that describe abstractly how I actually am. (laughs) Perhaps you'd like to tell us who you are.
1: And why oh, and why? <laughs> why am I? I'm Dr. J. Uh, I gave myself the job title Harbinger of Change. I work at ThoughtWorks, which is a bespoke software consultancy. And I also got to give myself the gender transgressive, non binary, gender queer, which, thanks to the New Zealand government, a statutory declaration was enough to get an X on my passport. Cheers, Jacinda. And I'm a troublemaker and a hashtag queer nuisance because branding. Why am I? God only knows.
0: Hi, my name is Josephine Baird. I'm an independent scholar, activist and artist, uh, occasionally performance artist, currently much more a visual artist. You can see my stuff upon the internet, which is where you are likely listening to this right now. And I like to think of myself as a queer without portfolio.
1: And why are you, Josephine?
0: This is a question for the ages. (laughs) Answers on a postcard.
1: (laughs) We should start pointing people to our Patreon. We should. If you like this, support us on Patreon so we can make more great things happen. Patreon.com, it is complicated, all one word.
0: It occurs to me we could actually do almost an entire episode on queer crowdfunding as an idea. As uh, Dr. J says, we rather carefully constructed our workflow for this podcast because we wanted it to be sustainable and we wanted it to be something that had a certain level of quality, but also matched (laughs) our lives. And unfortunately, being queers of an idiosyncratic nature as we are, that means having to be very creative, which is surprising (laughs) perhaps no one, the norm when it comes to queer people is you always have to be creative about how you live your life. And so, what we've done is recorded many of these episodes on In Advance. And therefore, I've spent some time editing new information into them as and when is needed and trying to make it sound seamless and not something I've just dumped in afterwards.
1: <laughs> See, this is, this is typical queers. There's a normative kind of setting for podcasts where people have their janky introductions in there and their website information and you know that it's just the same recording over and over and over because when you've listened to it more than four or five times, even Tone Deaf Me can spot that there's absolutely zero change in between those two things. yet we carefully handcraft every single fucking introduction. Yeah we do. You, you, we don't just do the normal thing of taking introductions and just jamming them in and then starting the podcast
0: yeah because where would be the fun in that and and of course this allows us to create obnoxious running jokes (laughs) if we happen to change the order of our episodes those jokes (laughs) really won't work so i'll have to record all chunks of episodes
1: what do you think those jokes work now (laughs) (laughs) people are used to us being non-sequiturs because you know when they go low we go weird
0: this is true We need to do some merchandising. Now, one of the things we considered for our Patreon was to have a live studio audience and just basically record one of these live. And then we realized what a terrible idea that
1: was. A, you would lose pretty much all respect for us. But also one of the interesting things is we will often need to talk about stuff that's just between us to get to the right point. And that would feel super uncomfortable in front of people who aren't us because we have this 15-year relationship.
0: Well, OK, well, then I'll ask you, do you want to talk about crowdfunding queer lives, podcasting as a notion, and our Patreon and why we're doing it? Would do you want to actually talk about the thing that we said we'd talk about today? The se- I actually like the former much better. Yeah, me too. I'm enjoying this.
1: Yeah, I think it's one of the things that I constantly keep trying to convince people of, especially people where I work is that I know that it seems like I'm constantly saying support this crowd funder, support this group, but literally there are places that are running, I won't say on the smell of an oily rag, on the dream of the smell of an oily rag. <laughs> you know, people talk about the pink pound and the, and the lavender 50 P or whatever. We are talking the queer anarchist penny and that has been hard fought, hard won money for everyone to put into that. And I think a lot of people can forget that it's the queer anarchist penny. People don't have a lot and they will always hunt for the money to give to somebody else. And I find it really difficult when the pink pound and the lavender 50 P and the straight 50 fucking quid don't seem to get that. It's really important to put just a little bit of money into these things. Just giving a fiver or 10 pounds a month is a massive, massive thing for so many people. I mean, a regular £10 a month to a charity makes a difference. It's a phone line. It's a thing of instant coffee to give everyone coffee.
0: No, no, it's it, it makes sense. I mean, goodness knows I've lived my life this way for the last two decades, you know, basically living on next to no money at all and trying to carry on this thing that I never have called a career. But I guess the myriad of jobs that form an eclectic collection if you will of things i've done but trying to get paid for any of them as we talked about in another episode which we discuss about work we we talk about how difficult it is to get paid to do the things that you're good at as a as a person who's non-normative of any (laughs) of any difference whatsoever from white middle-class man who speaks english and has a sensible haircut when you're doing something so significantly different or you want to try and communicate in a different way, the systems that would normally fund something similar don't apply. We can't make the stories that we want to make, the art we want to make, the movies we want to make, the actors of the politics we want to make, the communities we want to make, the support networks, the you name it that we want to make in the ways that we want to, because the systems that are in place aren't designed to support that. In fact, actually, often, sadly, they're designed to negate those things to a certain degree, which means we've had to be incredibly creative. So you will see requests for money for certain things, certain ways to live, certain things that we do not have access to otherwise. And we will try to make those things as creative and interesting and exciting for everyone as possible. But we still need you to occasionally give us some money. (laughs) because there is no money in being queer and different and trying to do something like this. Oh, God, Um, no. It's just not, (laughs) you know, I always used to joke, hey, I I, I did gender studies for the glittering prizes and the big bucks, you know, because that's where the money is, right? Gender studies?
1: Yeah. (laughs) And this is why I find I'm in an interesting position because I have, at the moment, a regular income. I've got a well-paying job. Although, if works are listening, I have a moderately well-paying job. But to do that, I go off into a corporate world every day. I go off and be queer somewhere where queer isn't quite, I won't say accepted, but it isn't quite the norm. It, it is always a point of difference. With COVID and with all of that, I know so many artists. I know so many people who've lost all of their income streams. You know, people are joking, hey, 2021 might be good. I got a booking for May 2021. Because that's the first booking that they've got between now and then. And it's horrifying chatting to some of my friends that they are trying to do work. They're trying to be creative while dealing with all of the lockdown problems, while working through essentially the existential angst of what do I do? How do I keep a roof over my head? How do I keep food on the table for myself, my partner, my children, whatever, because people make this assumption that the only queers are the queers who are young and live alone and fancy free and have no dependence.
0: And, and those people really exist because <laughs> that's a thing. God, Jesus Christ, it's not. <laughs> it's not. I, I don't even know who that person is. And if you do exist... Then congratulations! Can you pay us some money, please, to do something yes. that you might like? Yeah, um,
1: <laughs> because it's because it's all about just having enough money to pay the bills, to pay the rent, to put food on the table. It is horrible, and I've been there. And there isn't a simple way out of this. Queer artists are not able to make a living. People who make homemade stuff are not able to make a living. People who do performance. People who make podcasts, people who put effort, who make films are not able to make a living at the moment.
0: I mean, this is especially true right now. But I mean, for to take myself as an example, and I don't want to presume that everyone's experience is mine, but I know enough people who have had similar experience that I can say that this is certainly an experience of some, that that has always been true. It's just more obvious right now, and especially dire right now. I've tried for many years to do the things that I believe are valuable, that could give something back to the communities that I want to work with and work for, to do the work that I believe is necessary in a way that could be viable in a society that values money in the way that it does. I would love to just do this stuff and get the minimum national income, guaranteed income that should be a thing but isn't. I would be able to live off that, but that's not a thing. And so I've tried to do this kind of work in a way where I would get paid regularly and I have never been able to do it not once. I have occasionally had jobs that have allowed me to do this, but it's often been short term or the job has absolutely nothing to do with the work that I'm actually doing. And it's a day job that pays for me to do that. But because it's a day job, it's full time, which means that I'm exhausted at the end of the day. And I basically run myself into the ground trying to do that and be an activist and be an artist and be a scholar. And then for years after that, I was just trying to find one way after the other, trying to convince this institution, that group, that benefactor, whoever, people who fund these things, arts councils, you name it, to fund work that I thought was, and I, I'd like to, you know, not to be um, big-headed in any way. I do believe that I have some experience in knowing what would work and what is something that might actually function for what it's supposed to be. I do have a history of producing work to this level. And yet I can't convince anyone to pay me to do it. Not sustainably, not for any amount of time where I could actually feed myself and my daughter and my partner. There's there's no way. And so the conclusion that I eventually came to is like, okay, well, if I'm going to do this work that's so different that people aren't able to find a way to pay for it or just don't want to, or just don't see a way of bringing me into their particular group, which I'm still available because though I am a queer without portfolio, I would like a lovely portfolio to carry around <laughs> and look snazzy in. Um, I found that the best way to do this is just to carry on doing it because I still think the work's important. I still think that this is worthwhile. I have been told that it's entertaining and useful and supportive and positive on, by other people. And so I don't want to stop. I'm lucky enough to be in a position where I can, to some degree, do this still, even though no one's paying us. So I will, as long as I am able to. But in order to make it possible for us to keep doing this, Jay and I have had to talk a lot about how. And so this episode's slightly different because we're going to talk a little bit about how we came to our conclusions, why we chose the ones that we did. And also how it relates perhaps to the complicated ways in which queers generally have to fund themselves, especially if they're creative, because we have drawn from the experience of others. And I wouldn't mind mentioning a few of those people in part because I'd like to sort of like acknowledge the people who did the work before us, but also to, you know, market some of the other fabulous queer people we've been associated with and have been inspired by.
1: But one of the things that I did as somebody with a day job was, tried to run a festival while having a day job as a contractor or as a freelancer which is essentially somebody on a zero hours contract just slightly better paid than most but still you don't work you don't eat and when you set up a festival that works really well in so many different ways you pour all of your energy into it you inspire people to you inspire people to get involved you inspire people to follow you on this mad journey and then it isn't financially sustainable and you wake up owing an extraordinary amount of money to many people, most of whom are your friends. That is a really, really difficult space to find yourself in. Um, And Josephine was there that morning when I woke up about 5 a.m. having gone to sleep about three and just went, I fucking have no idea what I'm going to do. I literally had no idea what I was going to do. And I just had to figure out a way out of a ginormous financial hole and figure out my way out of it was just by working every hour under the sun working six days a week sometimes to try to ensure that there was not just enough money in to pay my rent and to put food on the table for me but to pay everyone who worked at the festival because one of the big things for me is yes I couldn't afford that financial, well, that financial hole really, really slaughtered me in a lot of ways, but I could recover from it. For a lot of the people I was working with, the money for appearing at that festival, for some people it was their rent, and I couldn't turn around and take that food off my friend's table. That to me was not a business model that I wanted any part of. The normal thing to do in the circumstances that I was in is to declare oneself bankrupt because everything was running through a limited company to declare that company bankrupt. And effectively, nobody got paid. And that was just everyone's hard luck. I didn't want to repeat that because I'd seen it happen so many times to the queer community. And I didn't want to repeat that model because I don't think it's honest. I don't think it's ethical. I don't think it's fair on the performers it assumes that the performers are in the same situation as me of being able to turn around and just go back to the day job, pick up a couple of extra shifts. No, I was putting people at risk of of not eating, of not being able to pay their rent. So I was making sure that they could. That way of looking at it is really important because I think it was also a very queer way of looking at it. I could sit on a ginormous pile of money, but what would I do with it? I would just be very unhappy with a ginormous pile of money. Now, often people say, well, you do something with that money, you invest it, you fund it, you you put it into a house, you put it into the stuff. And I'm like, no, I'm putting my money into something else. I'm putting my money into performance. I'm putting money into a community. I'm putting my money into other things. And that's still making my money work. It's just not with the standard capitalist goals of I want this and this and this thing to have and to hold as mine. What if, does it
0: do for you? I mean, I mean, I know this is a cliche, but things do not buy one happiness. No, I know for some people, they believe that it does. But <laughs> being a nerdy academic, I can tell you the research says no. it doesn't actually there is there's research on this if you're interested in this you can become a psychologist and you can do positive psychology which is a branch of psychology which looks at exactly this sort of thing studying happiness for example and it's been provably true that things do not buy you happiness but i mean given that we live in this system your approach i think is the ethical approach and i admire it tremendously to you, it is something you think of as quite natural and normal. You wouldn't think of doing it another way, which is another reason why I love you so <laughs> dearly. And also, you're right, it should be that way. But because it isn't, that, that makes you rather especially <laughs> unique in this regard. I don't know a lot of people who think that way. And you've taught me a lot by seeing you do this and to literally put your money to work the way that you do. And that particular festival was a very clear example of that.
1: I mean, it was called Queerest of the Queer. It ran in September 2015. It was a weird. Event. What was it? 80 artists, five stages across 12 hours.
0: You did end up paying everyone. And this is the thing. I think it was that experience that taught me something. I've had to run events, especially in Sweden, where money is incredibly tight. People don't seem to like to pay for art. The weird thing in Sweden is this. There's money for the arts here, as long as you're established as an artist. So you have to have gone to the right school. And that way you can get funded to do the arts if you aren't that person there is absolutely no way you're getting any money whatsoever so in order to do the things i wanted to do at the beginning of my sort of career here in sweden as a performer i would often be in a situation where i'd be like i want to make this thing happen there is absolutely no money for performers whatsoever and i can't get any so i would have to run events and say there's no money and that really sat poorly with me, partly because I've been on the receiving end of that particular phone call. Hi, we're doing this fabulous thing. Would you come do it and put a tremendous amount of work into it and not get paid? And for the longest time, I would say yes, because there was no other way to do it. And I would even perpetuate that by being someone who would ask others to do that. And I hated myself for doing it. And I think in part because of this experience with you, I stopped doing it at all. And that meant that certain events didn't happen. and And it sucks. And, but it also meant that I didn't have to have that phone, that phone call with someone and say, I've got a job, but I've got no money. And so whenever I used to run events in the few years before I got ill, that was all, that was always the deal. I was like, no, if there's no money for the performers, I'm not helping you run it and I'm not performing at it. And it's not actually about, Hey, I want money. It's more like, no, people need to have their work valued. Mm. And in this stupid culture that we happen to live in, that value is monetary because they need to eat. And, and in life of an independent artist, especially one as different as the queers tend to be, is not lucrative. And so I, I said, no, We there needs to be a line drawn. Now, that means we have to be very creative in where the money comes from, because money isn't going to magically happen because we say, no, we, we insist on getting paid. And then they're going to say, okay, we won't pay you. <laughs> That's the deal. So we have to come up with something else, which is why you'll see crowdfunding initiatives by certain people and certain queer people especially and some of them I'm very happy to say because all of this has been rather depressing have been quite successful and that's lovely to see and it's made me really happy because it means that this can work Mm -hmm. in this system it shouldn't have to I shouldn't be on this (laughs) wonderful podcast with my friend about to say hey folks who are listening those of you who have a little extra money could you please consider supporting us in this way because it really is the only way we can do this i would rather not say that but i do know that it works i do know what collective funding can do now we have a particular philosophy that i know we'll go into about our work specifically about making it available to everyone no matter whether or not you have money but for those of you who do have a little extra money we encourage you even if you don't give it to us to give it to someone who's doing this kind of work
1: Absolutely. In, our, in
0: our case, particularly, us. Yes. <laughs> <But, laughs>
1: well, no, it's not. But but it's lots of good people doing yeah, this. Because yeah, because also one of the things that I want to be super clear on, because I'm earning money, none of the money comes to me. It mm-hmm. all goes to supporting Josephine. And, you know, when it reaches the point where Josephine is earning as much as I'm earning, yeah, then we'll start sitting down having a look at it. Until then, no, I don't need the money. The money goes to support Josephine. Yeah, and, as it doesn't, soon as I,
0: and I genuinely mean this, as soon as I don't need the money,
1: the money will go somewhere else.
0: To the money will else. go
1: off to support other queers. Yeah, for sure. Somebody else who's got to try to push the shit uphill.
0: Given that we live in this system that we do, Jay and I have come up with an idea that we hope will work and will be palatable to those of you who can help us with it and would still be open enough to everyone, whether they can or choose not to. And that is this Patreon model. Now, we started having this little coffee thing, which was an interesting idea, but is perhaps not the most well-known way of doing crowdfunding and also is sort of like ad hoc. Patreon will allow us to systematize, in some ways, the philosophy that we have around this. And the idea is simply this. We want to make something fun and fabulous and interesting and hopefully is of value Mm -hmm. to people. We don't want to gate that behind any needless obstruction or paywall. So our goal will always be that everything we make in this arena, especially will be something you can access without needing to pay anything. And that's really important to us. But since that's not a very lucrative business model.
1: We give our stuff away for free. Who knew that that wouldn't work as a business model?
0: And I've been trying it for 20 years and it still hasn't worked. So what we're doing is we're asking those of you who would, feel comfortable, who can afford to pay us a little bit of money every month to do so, which would mean that we can fund this idea. Basically, starting out with this podcast, uh, any money that you would be able to share with us every month will mean that I can devote time to this and not have to try and find the money somewhere else. The more money we can generate collectively, the more that we can do. So we've set aside a few goals that we Jay and I would really like to put some time into, and we feel that we could if we were able to afford to.
1: Our problem is, is that when we ask for money, we waffle about it because we're nervous about asking for money. It's very hard for us to be upfront and say, this money would really help because it would mean that Josephine can be self-sufficient. It means that a lot of the stress comes off us in trying to create this well, a lot of stress comes off Josephine trying to find time to edit this so that it sounds really professional, which it does, on top of trying to find work and employment and ways of bringing in enough money so that she can support herself and her partner and her child. So when we did a first cut of this, we came across a super waffly. And because it's very hard within the crowdfunding model even to be open about money in a clear and concise way. And yet every single bro programmer who's got some kind of IOT bit of wank can stand there and go buy this dropship thing that I've found and it's going to make your life amazing. And it's like, and yet we can't say buy us a coffee a month because that's going to help Josephine be able to afford to put the time that this needs into it to sound professional. And that's really difficult. So the model we've come up with is essentially we're crowdfunding so that we can provide more content. And we've set goals that allow us to say when we reach a certain point, this is the sort of content that we can aim to provide. So the first goal is putting in some interviews because there are people who would love to talk to who we want to get on to share their voice in this very complicated conversation. We know that they have really interesting points of view We want to always be able to pay the people who come on this podcast because it's really important to value people's time and value their their input. Most of the people that we want on are also queers, are also people who are working in this time of irregular employment and asking somebody to come on and spend a couple of hours with us. We want to be able to pay them fairly. And our second goal is we want to make some videos of us gaming. So we create a video, probably about 15 to 20 minutes or maybe longer, but I don't think you need three and a half hours of me swearing at Skyrim where we play a video game and we'll discuss its various features. We'll discuss what makes it work for us, what doesn't make us work. It'll be that general philosophical discussion. The third goal is doing an ask us anything session once a month so we'll take questions via either via our Twitter or via our Patreon or via snail mail or however you want to get them to us. Send us questions that you want to ask us and we'll go through and answer them. Now, we might not give you the, the answer you expect. We might not even answer the question that you thought you asked us. It is very open and you can't ask us anything. And then the fourth one is sustainable income for Josephine. So that all builds up into something that will allow Josephine to focus on editing this, to focus on putting all of this together and not have to focus on finding other bits and piecemeals and portfolio work. The last one is the only one that only the patrons will be able to get because it's going to be reserved to them. So essentially every month, if we reach this level, every month we'll randomly choose from one of the Patreon donors and Josephine will get in contact with you and do a commission for you. That's the goals and the goals are about being sustainable creating more content and being able to make this something that allows both of us to do and not to make a living from but to to make a living while doing i think is the whole thing to make it sustainable which is which is a huge thing because if we just aim for being sustainable we don't no one's going to get rich doing this We're not some kind of millionaire podcasts. We're not going to make enough money from this to, you know, swan around the world or do anything like that. We're just looking for enough money so that we can both do this and do it in a sustainable way and keep doing this. That's it. The other thing that I like about this is we're setting the minimum amount at essentially buying us a coffee. And now admittedly it's a coffee in London, but buying us a coffee a month, you know, the minimum amount is not much. It's yeah. not even, and if you want to put more in, that's great, but the minimum amount is essentially a coffee from Pratt. Yes. A month that goes to Josephine. That's how small it is, because we know that the queer anarchist penny is not huge, and I know that there are people who listen to this who aren't in the queer anarchist pennies. And it's not saying to them, you have to run your life the same way that I do. Nobody wants to run their life the same way that I do. Everyone (laughs) looks at the way that I do things and just goes, what are you doing? You're absolutely mad.
0: Um, We've been really thrilled by the reaction that we've had so far. And we hope it will grow from there. So please, whatever else you feel you can or can't do or want to do, just share it with your friends.
1: Or leave us a review on iTunes write to us. Uh, we need to set up some Facebook links and things like that so people can chat to us. I'll maybe set up a Facebook page in a day or so so somebody can go, oh, we just don't want all the JK Rowling, Jesus fucking Karen lot coming for us. That's all. We'll and we'll this is, yeah, this is part of why the low social media profile of this at the moment is literally, we know yeah. that we're a trans, a trans and a non-binary person being openly trans and non-binary. That's not a troll-free environment. And we're speaking our truths and we're telling people what our lives are like. We'll find a way to do it as safely as possible. Hmm. I want to give people a safe space to comment back to us, to say what they liked, what they didn't like, and what they'd like us to do and change and update. And maybe that becomes part of the stuff that we do once we have enough of Josephine's time, where Josephine is not having to look for other work, where Josephine's not having Mm. to do other things, that we can have... Things like this going on, but at the moment I, I work full time Josephine has to edit all of this crap <laughs> that is a full time job which is a full
0: time job and we also understand if you can 't do it. We just wanted to explain why we 've chosen to do it this way, in part because we we know what it 's like to not be able to afford this, but we also know what it what 's like to be able to do that. I can think of the most precious and wonderful times in my life have been those times when i've been able to support an artist i love directly that's the model we've chosen
1: so what should we talk about now we've simplified that down to buy us (laughs) a coffee don't feel don't feel guilty if you can't um what do we want to talk about next week take care i'd rather not
0: It was my turn. I did it. I did, I said it.
1: <laughs> oh, by the way, if you want to read absolutely fucking great Rampant Lesbianism, I heartily recommend the Mabel Maney books. Um, These are good. The, the, not so, the Case of the Not-So-Nice Nurse, the, um, yeah. the Nancy Clue books. Those are so cute. Those are so cute. And then also the Jane Bond books as well.
0: Or my upcoming book,
1: Good Girl. Good Girl that's the name oh i got a i got that
0: from um my friend amora
1: i also have to say that small favors is another one that one should always oh Oh my god God. small favors is the
0: best oh i love that book i'm gonna read it now you you just reminded me exists i'm gonna because i have the books did i give them away shit i might have given them away i might have to buy it again fuck (laughs) okay we could stop recording i'm not including any of that (laughs)